Okay, Booker Tov. We begin a new pair today, and we're on track. Um, so we pick up on Tezvav Amadalif, um, Seder Ta'aniyot. So, uh, whereas the last parak, the focus was on the fasting itself and on the order of um, uh, fast, the three, uh, the three, the three, the seven, for the Tanit Sibur. This parak has a lot to do with the um, liturgy and with, I keep on saying liturgy, with the tefillot um, and um, how exactly what they would do special, you know, things that we've already seen that wasn't necessarily the fasting in itself, it was the fasting as that then translated into the whole sort of communal experience. Um, what was the pasuk? Karutzon kichu atzara, or did I get that reversed? I think I got that right. Anyway, you know, that the, you call the fast and then you make it a day of gathering um, and a day of tefillot and also a day of communal self-assessment um, as we've seen. So that really is the focus of this parak, and we start with um, what the people who uh, put together the Gemara, I don't mean the Chazal, I mean the uh, printers decided for some bizarre reason to, co- to, com- to put all of the Mishnayot of this parak together in the first Mishnah. So we will read through this first Mishnah, but this really um, is all, it's almost the whole, the whole daf today is the Mishnah, because it really is like, the, like six or seven Mishnayot uh, stitched together. It's all of the Mishnayot of the parak. So let's begin. Seder Ta'aniyot Ketzad. The order of the fast, how is it? And again, interestingly, in a way you could say, didn't we just do that? The order, the three, the three, the seven. But this really means, like, you know, we would say, like, the Pesach Seder. Like, how do, what is the agenda of the evening? You know, what is the way things are organized for the fast? So that is, right, Kadesh. Or, so anyway, so this is the Seder. What's the Seder for the Ta'aniyot? How, what is the sort of way in which you do the, uh, the uh, uh, order of the day for the fast days? So, Motzina Tateva, you bring out the Ark. We referred to this yesterday, right? The Teva. We know that the Gemara is, go- is assuming, and we'll see that when we get to the Gemara, that this is only in the last seven. Um, but the Mishnayot do not specify. It's going to describe the whole sort of, um, as I said, order of the day. Um, a lot of the Tfilot, but things also not exactly Tfilot, but the order of the day. It's not going to identify for which fasts it's talking about. Is it from the first three, the middle three, the last seven? The Gemara will, will have a brighter that will say this is the last seven. Okay, but, let, but here is the order. So you go ahead and you take out the Ark, to the, to the street of the city. The Rehov of the city really was like the public square. Um, it doesn't want like some side street or something. This is like the public square where you have your public gatherings. So they would take it out to the public square. And they would put ashes that are of, of something burnt on top of the ark. Now, you might say, why do you have to have the word mikla, ashes of something burnt? How else do you create ashes? So if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi makes an important point. Um, the Rashi says the following Efer Mikla Rashi says Efer, the, the reason it has the modifier the adjective Mikla is to tell you Efer Mamash below Afar we mean ashes we don't mean dust why? because Efer Stam if it had the word Efer without the modifier who Afar? that means dust or could just as easily mean dust right good good point it says from the dust of the burning of the sin offering but that's not dust that's ashes so, so, uh, so the words offer and afer are interchangeable ashes could be called dust and so dust could be called ashes so therefore behind the Tani Afer Mikle is Afer Srefa. Yahavitani Afer Stam Havimashma Afar. 
So Rashi makes a good point. You know, by Avram, by Nochi, Afar, Vaeser. Right? So it means, yes, it means that you're different things, but it also means like, you know, what does that mean? Like, you, we understand that man is created, person is created from dust, but what does it mean he's saying when I'm ashes? You know, I mean, I guess if people would be cremated, you could say, eventually I'll be ashes. But anyway, but it does show that those words are used in like, sort of in conjunction. So it's quite an interesting little side point that if you want to be clear that you mean ashes and not dust, you say, Afer Miklet. Okay, so you put ashes, Al-Gavi HaTeva, on the top of the, of the Arav. Um, and you put it on the top of the Nasi and the top of the Av Now, the Nasi is, you know, the, uh, like, again, if, the, if it's in Eretz Yisrael, if it be, that would be like Rebbe Nasi. Okay? And the, the person who's the political head. And the Av is presumably the, um, you know, the rabbinic head, right? When we have all of the Zugot that preceded Hill and Shammai, the two leaders, one was the Nasi and the other was the Av So, of course, what's a little bit strange is, w- one minute. So this is happening in one place, or this is happening like in every city, right? I mean, and or is this happening like you know, Dafka, where the uh, you know, like in the uh, you know, in the in the town where there's the in the city where there's the political seat of authority, where there's the rabbinic seat of authority. So what would you do in a you know, in a small city, in a small town? So maybe it means it's, it's really not clear and it's not explicated, but I have to assume that it really means whoever would be the appropriate people in that position for that town or for that city but meaning the sort of the political and religious head, you know, of the city. So Nasi and Avbeitin sort of refer to the type of role, but I cannot, but this is really, this is something that would happen everywhere. It wouldn't happen just in one centralized place. Why, why couldn't it be so. it happened everywhere? And where the Nasi and the Avbeitin are um, could be, could be. I know that we're doing this and that, and that in the same so, could be. Could be, could be. Look, I also think that, I'll, I'll say a word about like why we're going to, well, let me use the next line and then why we do it at the, on the Aron, on these people, and then the next line is, and every individual also puts ashes on his head. Now, so what are the ashes about? So presumably, you know, I mean, some people have the minhog that Hassan put some ashes on his, uh, you know, forehead when he, um, 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 at the wedding, part of the idea of Nali Yerushalayim Marosh Simchatenu, you know, now you could say it refers to the idea that the Mikdash was burnt, but there also seems to be the idea that ashes as some type of a symbol of mourning. Um, so if that's true, not necessarily about being burnt per se, although Rashi emphasizes ashes, not dust, but nevertheless, whatever it is, if it's a symbol of mourning, Right? Um, um, then everybody is in mourning. Okay. So we get that the people are in mourning. You know, certainly when it's going to, or it's when it's going to get to being really drastic, right? Everybody adopts real practices of mourning. And it's like, you know, at this stage, we're still in the Taniyot stage, so it's not yet at that. But it's, you know, it's sort of, that's sort of on the horizon. And there's that, you know, sense of it, you know, of elements of that might already be present. And presumably what they're mourning and they're feeling tragic, right? You could just say all of this is to make you feel like it's bad. It's really bad, right? So you see this, like, burnt and things destroyed, and it just evokes a sense of, like, things are bad and it's a tragedy and we have to really, you know, focus and pray and do tshuva. But I also think that if you see it more, again, in this sort of mourning state, it's about acknowledging specifically that what are we mourning? You know, we're mourning, in a way, the loss of the relationship or the weakening of the relationship, which, in the end, as we know, if if all of this happens and it doesn't help, we're really going to go into mourning over that. You know, to so I think that's a part of what's going on here. I think it's interesting in that respect that the ashes are also on the Aron, 
Why are the ashes on the Aron? So again, if you just wanted to sort of speak about this in terms of like the psychological, emotional impact, everybody is gathered, you're going to pray, so it's sort of like holding them up in the front of the Tzibor. Like it's just a way of presenting this symbol, you know, to everybody, like they're facing the Aron. But I do think, again, maybe I'm a little bit, um, you know, uh, um, a little, uh, uh, being a little sort of uh, midrashic here, but I do think that it might be also symbolizing that God is in mourning as well. You know, the idea, very powerful idea of Chazal, right, that, you know, when, there's, when, that, that, then we, when it's necessary that we, you know, when we're suffering, God is suffering. And if the relationship, for whatever reason, is weakening and there's a distance that's created, not, you know, we're, we're feeling it and God is feeling it as well. And like, so we're all in mourning over this situation. I think that that could be a little bit of the symbolism. I think the idea of the Nasi and the Avdeitin also is like, because this is a, not an individual issue, it's a communal issue, and it's the leaders of the community that have to really step up and take responsibility, right? So what have we done, you know, as we said before, and we're going to see, you know, that there's a whole process about Ma'ayin Benili Demasa, that we assess what's going on in the, you know, what, what we've done wrong as a community, are there things we need to fix, are there wrongs that have to be righted, so, you know, who's responsible in the end if things are going wrong? It's the leadership of the community, and I think that that's specifically here, the Nasi and the Av Beitin. Okay, so the ashes on these three, the Aron, the Nasi and the Av Beitin, and the people, um, and, I, and, you know, again, just, just be about feeling bad, but could also be this sense about ta- taking responsibility and the uh, sense of mourning and who's in mourning and so on. So that's step number one. Um, also, by the way, I should say that taking the Teva, let's say something just for one second about that, into the square. Why do you take it into the square? Why don't you just do it in the shul? Is it the shul isn't big enough to hold everyone? So maybe that's it. Maybe you need to do it in the square, you, you know, because it's a, you need everyone, everybody there. Maybe also, you know, again, things that are done outdoors make more of a like the Gemara said before, Farhesia, make more of a big deal about it. But, you know, there could also be a little bit of an idea that even God is in exile. Like, even the Teva isn't in its right place. So we're all feeling, you know, the sort of the, the sense of distance and exile that's being created, um, you know, at this moment. Um, so that's statement step number one. Yes? The Torah is not supposed to be secluded uh huh. Right. Oh, that's interesting. So part of like you mean connected to like the Nasi and the Avdeitim. Maybe part of the problem is we have not brought the Torah into our larger life as much as we need to. It's a nice idea. Okay, so that's step number one. Ashes, you're out in the street. Everybody is sort of feeling the weight and the hopefully the responsibility of the situation. Hazakim Shabahem, the elder among them, you know, interestingly that the elder is not necessarily the Nasir, the Avdeitin, uh, you know, but some, you know, some, uh, one religious leader among them, or maybe just somebody who's good at, 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 as a Darshan, but the elder among them, Omerifsnehem Divei Kivushin, says in front of them words of Kivushin, Rashi says it words, comes from the word like to press olives, but it means like words that are going to uh, humble and, be, and stir people up to, you know, to be reflective, is normally the connotations of the word Divei Kivushim. Achenu, our brethren, okay, uh, we'll bracket the gender issue here. Lo nemar it does not say by the people of Ninveh, Vayar Elohim et Sakam Ta'anitam, that God saw their sackcloth and their fast. So, Ella Vayar Elohim et Ma'asehem Kishavumi Darkam Hara'ah. It says God saw their deeds because they had returned from their evil way. So, we need to take stock of 
what do we what have we been doing wrong and what we need to correct the Kabbalah Omer and in the pro, and in the you know in the uh, writings it says um, so, um, rend your hearts not your garments so this all the whatever practices that we're doing should lead to actual you know of a opening of the heart rending of the heart of a tshuva now first of all it's interesting yeah I was going to say something why do you say the Kabbalah you're both from Navi um, you know you, um, so um, actually right uh, Yonah and Yoel are both from the Treasar so they're actually both from the same source so why does it say you know why does one say he just quoted and the other says the Kabbalah Omer so it could just be that you could, would have said the Kabbalah by the first one as well it just didn't fit in as well to the you know to the, to the script it doesn't say you know, this Ella. So you need, to, you know, you're, you're setting up the contrast. You don't want to say Ella the Kabbalah Omer, right? So you need that to be. You want to immediately flow into that, and then when you want to say, and it says, so you know, the Kabbalah serves as a word of transition. That could just be an easy reason why it says that. Uh, there is some discussion that maybe the words Kabbalah are used specifically when the Psukim um, in Nach. Um, are sort of are directed at you know are are, di- are are like directly giving musr as opposed to narrative. So the psukim from Ninveh are from Yonah is narrative, which we're learning a lesson. Whereas the pasuk is explicitly sort of giving musar. Maybe that has this, you know that is the term of Kabbalah, but it is interesting. Okay, so he basically says we've got to introspect, we've got to do tshuva. We don't let yes we're fasting, but let's not uh, think that it's just about the external practices. It's really about taking heart and internalizing it. Um, so there, by the way, is the one place I think in the whole Masechet that you have. Kuva, you know, sort of as you know, raised up as an as an issue is this drasha of the zakain. Uh, now you could say yes, but that shows that it's all what it's about. But again, I, I would question that. That is certainly one element of it. But here is the one place where that is mentioned. Um, so that's what the zakain says. Now, um, Marie, now oh, the, by the way, the other thing to mention is the, he, he speaks about sackcloth, fasting, and rending garments. Right now, which of those which of those have they done? Sackcloth, fasting, and rending garments. What do we know? Yeah. All they've done is fasting. There's been no mention of sackcloth. Sackcloth is never a ritual in halacha. I mean, it's a ritual in all of Tanakh, but it's never a ritual in halacha. And rending the garments, they haven't done right. So it's interesting in a way. He's like saying, "Oh, it's don't rend your garments, rend your hearts." They're not even rending their garments, but okay. Uh, you know, maybe there's a little bit of an indication that that's what you you know that that it should be at that level. But it is interesting noticing sort of the contest being set up, and they're not doing it anyway. All right. Um, so that so that was the drasha. Then Amdu Batfila. Then they they stand up to daven. So this is the proof that you give your sermon right before Shimon Esrei. Okay, so so you know you got to get people stirred up, get them in the right mode to be uh, to, to enter into davening. So they gave the drasha, and now they get up to daven. So much for Well, the question is well, which that's a good question, right? Which but what are we talking about? Are we talking about mincha? Are we talking about Shachris, right? It sounds like the assumption is is that we're talking about Shachris because it's staying it right at the beginning, and the t- we'll see the twenty-four brachot. All of those are certainly assumed to be in the Shachris Shmona Esrei. Although we, you know, we did say earlier, I'll remind you that the Gemara said um, the first half of the day is a focusing on Mili Demasa, and then the second half of the day is, you know, is Tefillah. 
So did they mean to imply that all this was mincha, you know, or do they just mean like even a, the bigger emphasis of it was in the mincha time? It's not exactly clear from that Gemara how that corresponds, to the, you know, to, to this. But yes, it is interesting. So maybe it means that they, you know, they went right into Birchas Kriyashima. I'll remind you that in the Gemara, the Gemara does not have Pesukei de Zimra, okay? And the Gemara does not have um, the Birchas HaShachar, you know, like the uh, Shiloh Asanis and the, uh, you know, Anosim um, Rayev Koach. The Gemara doesn't have that as part of the, what you say in the Shul. That's like you say when you wake up and when you encounter those things during the day. So basically davening in the Gemara, you know what Shachris looked like in the Gemara? Like what Mariv looks like. Basically, it was Birchus Kriyas Shema, Shema, you know, the Brachas at the end, Shemona Esrei. That was Shachris in the Gemara. Um, so it's not possible you give the Drasha and then you do Shema and Shemona Esrei. You know, so, it's, uh, so it is possible to read this as Shemona Esrei quickly, soon follows. But it is a very good question. Like, are we talking about Shachris or Mincha? And especially based on the earlier Gemara. I think the assumption here is Shachris, but who knows? Maybe it's Mincha. Okay. So. Um, um, they, and then they rose to David. You bring, you lower down, you bring in front of the of the ark um, somebody, an, uh, an elderly person who is accustomed, meaning who's who knows how to daven. You know, who's able to daven well, won't make mistakes. Maybe can daven in a way that will, you know, get people, um, you know, stirred up. The yesh lo banim, and he has children. Important. It's like these are things that sometimes are said in general by you know the shliach tibor, and more particularly by a shliach tibor, like say by the yamin do raim, where you. You want the person to really come with the right type of frame of mind and emotion to be able to help the tibor and represent the tibor in their tefillot. So the idea, of course, is that if you have children, you know what it means to really care for others and care for the well-beings of, of, of others and that sense of like of compassion and responsibility. Ubeitore kam and his house is empty. So that's interesting. What does that mean? Maybe it means he has children and they're all grown up. He has empty nest syndrome. Uh, that wouldn't be, make so much sense why that would be important. So Raj what? Is that distracted? Is that distracted about that? Maybe, maybe. Rashi says that the pshat probably means that he doesn't have the possessions. He doesn't. So you know, he feels he has that lowly state of mind. Um, that you know, as opposed to the way sometimes if we have a lot of possessions, it can sort of puff us up. But the Gemara will give another explanation. But somebody who knows what he's doing, who's you know presumably like elderly, because that will make the community respect him. Maybe also because it'll make him give him like a perspective on sort of life and its prevails, who has the right type of compassion, somebody who really can bring the right emotional state to the, you know, to the tefillot. Um, so his heart should, so he should be wholehearted in his davening. Now, all of that makes a lot of sense. Interesting though to note an impl- a contrast going on here. The, the, the er, other Zakain, not necessarily this person, it was Hazakain Shebahen, the, maybe the, mo, the eldest, um, you know, but anyway, the other Zakain said, rend your hearts. This person is going to be Shalem, to, to be Libo Shalem, with a full heart. So is your heart complete or is your heart rent? Which one is it? 
So it's a little interesting. It could be the answer is both. It could be rend your hearts in order to like cut through, you know, the armor that we normally have around it, you know, sort of, so to get to the true heart on the inside. Um, it could also be, you know, rend your hearts in the, you know, in the mode of, of kuva and self-reflection. But, you know, but that, so there the imagery of a rent heart, whereas a full heart in terms of how we approach God. Like there's one mode that we're in when we're thinking about our tshuva and what we have to do, and there's another mode that we're in when we're in the process of, do, of actually reaching out to God. But it does, it is very suggestive, that contrast of a rent heart and a heart and a libo shalem. Okay. So that, so now he's leading the Shemona Esrei. The Omer Lifnehem Esrim Arba Brachot. And he says, instead of doing the repetition of the Shemona Esrei 18, or as we said before, maybe 19 in the earlier fasts where he says the Bracha Vanenu, here he says 24. Yudchet Kebuchot Yom, the standard 18, really 19, but okay, the standard 18, um, and I don't even mean 19 for Anenu, there are 19 Brachas in Shemona Esrei, but okay, let's pretend there are 18. Umosi Valeim Ocheish, and add 6. Now, no, only in the Chazar Okay, the Eluhain, and these are the six that are added. And by the way, I should just say that the, we're going to hear in a minute, but these are added in the same place that the Shriach Tibur adds Anenu. It's added between Goel and Rose. So we discussed a little bit the, the other day the placement of rights between Goel and Rose, but that's where these are added. Exactly. So you think about it as Anenu is one, is the short version. When it gets to be serious, you do six Brachot in so that place. Brachot, which all, uh, do they end in Shemamapa? Yes, or? yes. So let's take a look. Six brachot are added. The Eluhain, and these are they. Zichronot, the Shofarot. So this is interesting. Obviously, you should be thinking about Rosh Hashanah, right? The Zichronot and the Shofarot, which, if you remember from Rosh Hashanah, remember that Mishnah which says, the Shofar Ma'arich, the Chatzatzot, Mekatzrot, you know, and then it said on the Taniyot, Chatzatzot Ma'arich, the Shofarot, Mekatzrot. So there was this whole idea of that the similar issues of Shofar, and we're going to see about the blowing of the Shofar, or blowing of the Chatzotzrot, and it also spoke about the Brachot. Shave, you know, the, we had Shavu Yovel Rosh Hashanah for the Brachot, but also the same idea of Brachot in the Ta'aniyot, that the Ta'aniyot were Shavu Rosh Hashanah in the Brachot. So you do not make the Bracha of Malchus, which is, of course, irrelevant here. If anything, the whole problem is that we're not, you know, feeling that connection of Malchus. But Zichronot and Shofarot are very relevant. Zichronot, at least the way we have the Nusach HaBracha, Zuchher HaBrit, God, you're, you're distant from us. Remember the covenant, you know, which is, makes, is our bond, is close to us. And so the, our gears, so we'll see what the Mishnah's gears is, not, but our gears on Rosh Hashanah is, our Nusach on Rosh Hashanah is, Shomea Koturadamoyisrabrachamim, you hear our Shofar blast. So the Shofar is the means in which we're trying to reach out we're trying to reach out to Tzilah we're trying to reach out by blowing the shofar we will find out that they blew the shofar here so God, it's, it's, a, it's totally appropriate be close to us remember us hear our attempts to reach you hear our shofar blast so that was those are the first two interesting that they also introduce it maybe because they're the more standard liturgy so therefore you want to start with them Rashi says not only would you have the Chatima of the Zichonon and Shofrot guess what you would also say all of the Psukim so that would be like a powerful way to introduce it like quoting all these Psukim about, about God remember us and God listen to our listen to our you know Shofar listen to our attempt to reach you okay so those are one and two 
El Hashem Bitsarasali Vikarat Karati Vaya Aneni and then the other four would be made up of Prakim and Tihilim. Okay? So, so yes, we're gonna see there will be a bracha. These are just things that are doesn't even just mean you just start saying the Psukim. Like by Zikhonot you say a lot of Psukim too, but you have an opening paragraph. So it's not exactly clear the entire Nusakha Bracha, but the central aspect would be the parent in that God I have called you out, called to you at a time when I am, you know, in um in in, uh, in Sarah, in trouble, um, and you have answered me. So again, the idea, we're calling to you, answer us. That's bracha number three. I look up to God, I feel like, where is my help going to come from? Again, God, we're turning to you, we're in a state of uh, feeling, um, you know, uh, distant and despair, and our, our total focus is on you. Also, again, from the depths I've called out to God. Presumably, they say the whole parak. And a prayer to a poor person when he faints. We snay Hashem. He spoke. He spoke before God pours out His speech. So basically, God, we are praying to you. We're praying to you. Please, we look to you. Please answer us again. By the way, I do want to say, and I know I am uh, a little bit belaboring it. None of these speak to the point of tshuva. Right? They speak to the point of we're in trouble, we're calling out to you, answer us. That is the theme here. Um, okay. Rabbi Huda Omer, You don't have to say, which presumably means you shouldn't say, Maybe he felt that that was too evocative of a different mode and something more related to the, you know, to the, to the feeling of Rosh Hashanah. And that's not the most appropriate thing to say here. Ella Omer, you say instead the following. Rav ki If there's a famine in the land, that's by Malachim, by the Tefillah of Shlomo, and Dever ki If there's pestilence, and Asher Yad Varshem of Yirmiyahu al Divrei Habitzarot. The word of God was to Yirmiyahu, and in the ma- because of the famines. Now those do not sound less like calling out to God and more like narratives or descriptive. So you have to look at the later part of those psukim. So let me actually read them to you to hear what the power of it is and actually the power of why he's saying it at the beginning and what the debate between Rebbe Yehuda and the... Um, oh, there's a Tanakh there. Oh, I was, anyway, I was looking it up yesterday on my... No, you can give him the Tanakh. I have it here on my... So I brought my uh, fancy iPad here. Okay, so let's take a look at, at what these psukim are. So I'll start with the Malachim one. The problem with this is you can't have two windows open at the same time. Okay, so, um, and this, because it also addresses the question of why is that you arguing? Like, all right, it's from Rosh Hashanah, but it's very appropriate. What's this Machlokas about? So let's listen to these Tzukim and hear what the Machlokas might be about. So this is Shlomo's Tefillah when he, you know, at, in, the, in the dedication of the Beit HaMikdash, and we opened actually the Masechet by referring to this Tefillah, where he speaks about how people will all turn their prayers to you, God, through this bias directed towards the Beit HaMikdash but specifically he spoke about when people are, are in suffering and there's no rain or there's pestilence and they're in travail they will turn their prayers to you through this house but let's look exactly what it says it says and this is way at the end here Lamed Aleph I think where is it? Oh, I'm at Malachim. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in Malachim first. Okay, so here's what he says. He says, um, so first he says in Lamed Aleph, Pasuk Lamed Aleph, Eta sheyechta ish lereyu v'nasabo olo uval lali et. So he sings. Ata tishma shemayim v'shafatza tavdech al harshia rasha l'teitar kobra rasha l'atzik tzadik. Okay, so you write wrong. Somebody will turn to you for justice. Bina gefam chayisrael ifnei oyev asher yechatulach. 
when the people sin to you and therefore they're, before, they're being you know, sort of attacked by an enemy they'll do return to you they'll pray to you this house when the heavens close up and there's no rain they'll sin to you and they will return from their sin because you will answer them you'll show them the right path you'll respond okay so I think one of the things is so Michael asks a very good question the person right before Dafkar about rain so I have to imagine although again it's funny that he doesn't start there that, that that's just one possible being quoted and it means quoting like the larger context of the psukim maybe he doesn't want to explicitly quote the rain because maybe that too much emphasizes the idea of sin these psukim here don't explicitly talk about sin and, and they'll do tshuva so maybe like let's not mention to God that we've been sinning let's not focus on that let's just focus on you know the end here but nevertheless what it does say is it's not just narrative it says God we are going to call out to you and the end of all these psukim are you're going to listen to us so, you know, and Shlomo already said, that's what, they, that, that's what we do. We turn to you, we pray to you, God listen to us. So that's how it makes sense in terms of a prayer to God. But, I, but what dominates in this whole context is sin. Sin and tshuva. The reason is because of sin. We do tshuva, therefore you respond to us. Similarly, if you think about Yirmiyahu, right, um, you know, so, but in Yirmiyahu, which, where is it? Yudalid, right, in Yirmiyahu, it is, um, Asher Hayadvar Hashem El Yirmiyahu Al Divrei HaBitzorot. So things are terrible. So fast, this fast, there's no water in the wells, everybody is in mourning, okay, so, Ba'avur HaDamah Chatah Okay, the, the, so it's all the re- land is the, the terrible thing about the land. Now, Pasuk Zayin. If our sins have, have ant- this is you know have have spoken up against us. It, by, by the way, notice right. Ta'anit Avonenu Anu. Anyway, thing going on here. Because we are tra- we are turning back. We have sinned against you. Mikvei Yisrael Hashem Moshio Beitzara. Lama Tiyech Ger Gvaaretz Ke Orach Natal Alun. Lama Tiyech Kedish Nidham Kedibur Lo Yuchal Lahoshia. Vata Bikir Bcha Hashem Shimcha Lein Nikra Al Tani Chenu. So what you have here very much is this sense about God's distance. Why are you like this? like a stranger to us? Why are you like somebody who's not listening to our prayers, who like is callous towards our outcries? So that sense of God, why are you distant? But again, a theme here is sin. Sin and shuvah and acknowledging that that might be what it's about. And I do not think that that is, um, uh, you, I'd not read through all of the other prakim of tefillin that are mentioned, but those prakim are all about tefillah and answering tefillah and not about sin. So, there's a real big difference going on here, I think. That Yehuda is basically saying, number one, like, the Rosh Hashanah theme might not be compl- as most appropriate. Maybe it evokes Rosh Hashanah or whatever, not like it's completely inappropriate. But maybe the thing that you really need to be opening with and focusing on is this issue of the Kshuva theme and to have that and to be reflective on that and to bring that into the conversation. So it's very much possible that part of this debate here is exactly that, about how much to emphasize the aspects of sin and Teshuvah um, in 
in this process. Okay, so that's one thing I would put out there as the possible difference. The other thing I would say is to remind you of the issue we had just yesterday uh, when it says matri'im. If matri'im means b'shofar, does it mean ba'anenu? And maybe the other issue that Rebbe Yehuda has is it should all be about tefillah and not be about shofar. You know, when you use ritual, like a thing like an, a shofar, blowing of a shofar, there's something that is powerful about it to focus us, to wake us up, you know, to motivate us. But there's also something that could allow a certain amount of like, oh, we've done the right acts and therefore things are going to be okay. You know, if you don't have the ritual, you have to focus a lot more on like, did we do enough? Did, you know, you know, have we gone through the process? Have we actually, you know, done the tshuva that we need to do, the prayers that we need to do? So maybe that's a fit with Reb Yehuda's idea also about focusing on this idea of tshuva and sin. We're not going to just do this ritual of a shofar. We're not going to focus on that and think that that's going to solve our problems. So I think that there could be two things going on with Reb Yehuda. A, he presumably doesn't deny that there was chauffeur blast, but let's not overly focus on that, you know, and B, let's really put our focus on this issue about sin and tshuva, that really has something that needs to be more prioritized. Okay, so that's what I would like to see is going on here in this debate. Um, now, the, now the Mishnah continues, okay? So those were the six, uh, the six brachot. Okay, um, okay, where were we? The Omer Chotamehem. And now Michael's leaving, but, but here, Michael's your answer. They were, I know, you gotta go, goodbye. Anyway, they were say, they'd say the Khatima. They're not just saying Psukim, they're not just saying whatever sort of liturgy introduces and frames these Psukim. They then say a Khatima of the Bracha. Omer. Now, the first Khatima, they say, Nishanat Avram Bahar Moriah. The one who answered Avraham should answer you. Now, yeah, now we're back. We, we're, we, we, now, this is everybody. Two different sets of psukim. Two different religious themes. Right. But the same chatima. Right. Nobody, nobody is debating the chatima. Okay, but you'll see, the chatimas are very generic. Okay? Now, the first chatima here, Goel Yisrael, is the normal chatima we make in Shimon Esri of Goel Yisrael. So although it says first, we're really going to count off not six, but seven. There are six new ones, but in a way, we already have the hook in Goel Yisrael to create the transition. So we already bring some of this theme and some of these differences into Goel Yisrael. We say the Misha Anala Avraham Avinu and Goel Yisrael, and that idea of Goel redeem us is then carries us into the new six brachot, and this is like the hook that gets us there. Okay? So by the Goel Yisrael, you have the standard nusach of Goel Yisrael, right? That's, here's Goel, and here's Rifa'enu, okay? These are the standard ones, and then we're going to add six, okay? But the hook that you put in here is Nish'ana La'Avraham, okay? Hu Okay? Hu Okay, so that's that's the hook. But basically, it's Goli Shorav Anu and six new ones. Yes. So the implication is that the that whole you know Misha uh, uh, as Abraham, etc. That that's basically in the same way as we put in like a piyut like Zokher and Elokai. Yes. That that would go in there. Exactly. Then you would do Goli Shorav. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. But what's important to note is because it immediately precedes the bracha, you know, Chazal had a big thing that, there, that, the, that the chatimah has to be, you know, like the last line has to be me'en the chatimah. 
so the like the theme of the bracha really connects most powerfully to how you to what you said like before the chatima. So by saying this, it's not just somewhere like in the middle. Like I'm responding because you said, is it like you're saying like zachreinu l'chayim? You're saying it right before the chatima. It also frames the chatima. Okay, so the goel yisrael now has this resonance of this misha anan that we're in sarah right now, right at this moment, not just a generic goel yisrael. No, exactly, exactly, exactly. Right. Well, this became, but it, the slichot came later. Yeah. Like this became the the basis for you know the slichot. So the part of the slichot that you sort of do at the end, which I don't know. Some people say they like that part. It's in Hebrew. They understand it. They focus on it a lot. For me, it's like it's like I just zip through that. By then, anyway, we're in a rush. We've got to spend all this time on the earlier part. <laughs> to me, it's like mishana, mishana. Like okay, there's not a change. I've I've just totally scandalized over there. Anyway, but the point is, it is it is the it is the early it is the earliest of the of these tifilot. Okay, so that's Goel Yisrael. Um, okay, Alashniyahu Omer, the second of the changes, but really it's the first of the new ones. Who Omer Nishana Savasenu Al Yamsuf Hu Yanetzchem Bishma Kot Zakatchem Hayom Hazeh Baruch Ata Hashem Zocher Hanishkachot. So you'll remember now we're assuming the Tanakama, not Reb Yehuda, Bichonot and Shofarot. Okay, those are the sort of core in the center. The it's Misha Anahu Abotenu, right? Vimitrayim, is that it? Labotenu Vimitrayim and the Khatima is what? What's the Khatima? Zocher Hanishkachot. Interesting it's not Zocher Habrit. Does that mean that the the Khatima they had on Rosh Hashanah also was Zocher Hanishkachot? Not so clear, because in other places we equate the Brachot and we're calling this Zichronot. So maybe they had Oh, I'm sorry, Al Yamsuf. Al Yamsuf. Okay, so uh, I'll talk in a minute about the way the Hatima connects to the Misha Anan, to the whatever, um, uh, you know, but we'll, I'll talk about that in a minute, but let's first just get the facts down. Okay, but I do want to also point out, does this suggest that that was also the Hatima they had on Rosh Hashanah? Not clear. Let's keep on going. Uh, okay, 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 so again, was that their bracha? Not clear. But this is Misha'ana the Yehoshua Bagyogal. Right now, Bagyogal. And then what's the Hatima? This one? Shomea Teruah. Okay, so this one we understand. Right? When was the Yehoshua answered Bagyogal, right? So that was Yogal Yuicho? It was Yicho, right? No? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. What's what Rashi says? I was assuming it was. Yeah, this yeah. yeah, yeah, it's Yicho. Right, so, this is Yicho. Yoshua was answered, right, with the Shofar wrote. So this, everything works. This is about Shofar. This is about Shofar. It all ties it. This theme all works together. Here, the Chatima works, but it's not, does that connect to the Lavotin or Yamsuf? Not so clear. Okay, but we'll get back to that. Okay, so that, that one clearly, clearly it all ties together. Um, okay. Um, Omer, on the fourth, the third of the new ones, he says, So the, Fourth was the, the third of the new ones was El Hashem El Hashem b'tzarasali karasi v'yaaneni. Okay, so is that part of feeling El Hashem b'tzarasali karasi v'yaaneni? The Mishan has who? 
Nisan Aluhu with Shmua Bamitzvah. Okay, with Shmua Bamitzvah and the Chatimah is what? Shemeach Sa'aka. Okay, not clear here how it all ties together. How is Tzaka unique to Shmuel? Is Tzaka tied into to El Hashem Tzaratali? Right? The Karati is in the Shomea Kiriah. It says Karatali. So we will get back to that. Okay? So there's a question of how these things, do they really tie together or not? So I'll get, we'll get back and unpack that. Let's again just continue going out, continue with this. Ber Alachamishi to Omer. Um, okay, so the psukim that you would say on this one would be Esai Nai El Haharim Esai Nai El Haharim Okay, and it's Misha Ana Le'eliyahu Right, Le'eliyahu And what's the Chatima? Shomea Tifila Now here it's also not clear why is that, why is the language of Tisila is that exactly you know is that exactly a, a language here is that exactly a language by Eliyahu what is how does this connect to Eliyahu I'll give you one one hint to this which is that Razi points out is that Eliyahu was on Har Har Carmel right the Har Har Carmel okay so the Har here at least ties it into the Harim Okay, but how that exactly ties into the Chatima, again, not totally clear. Let's go on. Right. Okay. But why not say, why not say Se'akah here and Tifilah there? That's my only point. Is it just that you need a different Chatima and there's nothing special about it? Or is even the exact word tie in? That's the question. Rafi addresses it. We're going to answer the question. I just want to point it out. Okay. Al-Hamishi to Omer, while we're in the Hamishi. No. Al-Hashishit, right, who Omer. Mishanat Yonah mime'eh ha-daga hu yanet chemishmah v'kotachet chemishmah v'kotachet chemishmah v'kotachet So what were the psukim? The psukim were mima'amakim karaticha Hashem. Okay, so that seems pretty clear. Karaticha. Okay, and this is and this is Mishana with Yonah and mime'eh ha-daga. And what is the chatima? So again, what's clear here is what's clear as the tie-in seems to be Me'ehadaga ties into Nima'amakim, right? <laughs> so that seems to sort of be clear, okay? But again, the question of the Ha'onebe'etzara is that just you needed a different Chatimah and that doesn't have a unique, a, a specific thematic tie-in or does even the Chatimah have a thematic tie-in? Again, I'll go back and tell you what Rashi says on that in a minute. Um, that's true. These are all part of the, right, of the Asher HaMa'alot. So maybe you mean it's a sense of like going up and, you know, because the Asher HaMa'alot for Chazal raises the idea of like going up to, you know, the Mikdash and the steps yeah, leading up to the Mikdash. So the recreating the connection to the Temple and to God and getting close to God, that's a very lovely point. That's a very lovely point. And it also goes back to the point that I was saying that all of these are about God answering us and being close, not about Chait and Tshuva. Okay, yes? What? Right. Well, but, right, he's in an Eight Sarah. But, you know, other people were also in an Eight Sarah. You know, why is he... Anyway. So, here's interesting. The Psukim that you quoted are Tfilah Le'ani Kiyatov. Right? Tfilah Le'ani it's the, 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 it connects to David Shlomo Yerushalayim 
Um, and where exactly were they in trouble and were they crying out? That's the next question. And, it's, and the, and the Chatima is Merachim al Ha'aret. So this is also very curious because that's not clear how Merachim al Ha'aret connects to Tfilah Lani and David and Shom Yerushalayim connects to Tfilah Lani Kiyatov. This one is less clear. So let's. Uh, so again, for most of these, it's pretty clear. I think how the Misha Anaz has a tie-in. Whether the Chatimaz is just a need to create some difference, or does the Chatima have a thematic tie-in, is not clear. I'll tell you what Rashi says. Okay. So here, um, let's let's start with the Zichonah. Why? How does Misha Analavatenu Ayam Suf tie-in? So Rashi says. Uh, let me tell you what Rashi says. Um, Okay, Rashi says, uh, five lines down in the wide lines, So God remembered them after hundreds of years, that there was a long period where it seemed they had been totally forgotten, and then they were remembered. Okay, so he ties that all into Nishkachot, Avotenu, Zichronot, that's a very nice thing. The Shofarot, everything ties in. How about bracha number three about Ushmuel Bamitzvah? Where is the tie in here between the theme and the person and the psukim? So Rashi for that says um, that no, that's Eliyahu. Um, does Ra- okay, but, so he says this on Eliyahu Bahar Kamel. Kenegad Esayinayel Harim v'chein kulam l'fi inanim yizmarim Eliyahu ne'ne Bahar Kamel me'ein Esayinayel Harim v'shmuel b'mitzpah d'chsiv kray u'be'ein el Hashem b'tzarasali. So Rashi doesn't help you so much there. Okay, everybody, you know, it's all it's all tied into tsar and answering. Okay, so Rashi there does not help so much on why Dafka to use the phrase here of. Where is it? Of Shomea Tefila as opposed to, you know, uh, um, you know Shomea Se'aka. You know, and why this ties in Dafka, you know, da- this Shmuel ties in Dafka to Batsarathali, because you know, a lot of these are interchangeable. So not all of them basically are uniquely tied in. Some of these just need some variation and some difference. But there are most of the time, or there are a lot of areas which they are tied in. So let's just go on. So we have this, which the Shmuel one, which seems the most generic. We have the Eliyahu one, which certainly ties into the Har HaKarmel. The Shomer Tefillah might just have been a somewhat of a... Uh, does Rashi say it has the language of... Oh no, I'm sorry. If you look at the next Rashi, Nine'eya Daka, Nine'eya Ma'amakim Krasi Hashem, Vonebe Eitzara, Shekeng Ksi Biona, Karati Mitzara Li, Ubishmur Ksi Vayizak El Hashem, Ubi Eliyahu Ksi Aneni. Zo tefila. So that, that, that was, again, the weakest. But what Rashi sows is, sa'aka, because by Shmuel, there's a language of ze'aka. It says by Shmuel, and that's shomeyat sa'aka. And by, where were we? By Yonah, it says, karat, uh, where was it? But sarasali, right? Mitzarali. So, you know, you know, mitzarali, and that ties into ha'unebe eitzarah. So there's a little choice of some places where it's not a hundred percent tied into every single aspect, but you see a much tighter a connection of the king of the Misha Anas and of the choice of the Khatima. One last comment about Shmuel about David and and Shlomo. When did they cry out and when were they answered? So if you take a look at Rashi, the Allah Shivi, four lines from the bottom. Mifarej Pagmara, my Shvi'it Mishana David, by he Ra'av be made David. Shalosh Shanim, Shana Achar Shana. So there was a Ra'av, so that's directly relevant to what's going on now. I'm in a fear of a Ra'av, okay? And Shlomo, Kishich Nisaron, the base Kacheh Hakadashim. 
Okay, which is fascinating. How is that connected? It's connected because that has to do with the idea of God's connecting to God and the closest to God and not just about the, the, the famine and the rain. Inami Or in the Tefillah of Shlomo, he mentions the idea of there being a famine, right? That was quoted earlier by Rabbi Yehuda. And that would also maybe be alluded to or mentioned here. So what Rashi says here is this last one is the most specific. Because here, in Tzilala Ani, it says, Beheatzer Gishamim. It relates to that. David and Shlomo were about Ra'av. And therefore, it's Mirachem Al-Aret. We go from a very generic, where God, we're calling out to you, answer us, to really hitting home and here is really what we're afraid of and here is really what's going on and being much, much more specific but only at the last one which again emphasizes, I would say how much a broader theme is God answering us and the focus on the immediate issue of the ra'av and the rain is, you know, you know is proportionally much smaller. Okay, back to the Gema- Mishnah. Back to the Gemara. Back to the Mishnah. Maset B'yemei Rebbe Chalafta the Amos who knew it would take us almost the whole hour to read through half of the Mishnah? Okay. So they were doing one of this. And a person came in front of the Shiach Sibra started. The Gamarta Bracha Kula. He finished the Bracha of Goel Yisrael. Let's say the first one. They didn't say Amen. And then somebody got up and said, Kohanim, blow! The tiku and they blow and they blew the taku the taku excuse me mishanas avram avinu ba'amuriah which is what you say by goel yisrael hu yanetchem bishmabekot sa'akatchem hayomazeh and then he says the mishana hariu bnei aron hariu and then somebody presumably not the baltfilara he says it was like the uh, the uh, the uh, the shamish but uh, you know the uh, the, the uh, gabai but anyway so somebody then said do a truah and presumably then they did a truah okay. So, what's different here? What's different is, A, they didn't say Amen. B, they left the Misha'ana for after the Chatimah, not integrated into the Chatimah. And they gave it this whole thing of the Tzkiyot Shofrot that gave it its weight. So, you actually had like 12 things going on, you know. You had the new Brachot, and then the Misha'ana outside of the Brachot, you know, wrapped together with the, with the Tzkiyot and the Teruot. All right, so that's what they were doing. And then, okay. And presumably they went and they did the, the, you know, the same thing for the second and the third and so on. By the way, it's interesting that it has the Kohanim doing it, which evokes the idea of the Kohanim blowing the Chatzot's throat, and the Chatzot's throat were Al Hatzar Hatzorer Etchem. Although here it is Shofarot. But in other places it emphasizes, no, actually it doesn't say Shofarot, it just says Tiku and Hariu. So, and we do know that Chatzot's throat are more emphasized by Ta'anit over Shofarot. And so again, another thing to note is that it is Kohanim that are doing it. Okay. Now, that's only what we do in the Beisam Mikdash, or the environs of the Beisam Mikdash. Now, what's that? So you might say it's the, tki, it's the blowings, it's the Tki and the Trua. We're going to see in the Gemara that although not mentioned in this Mishnah, 
Ti and Trua was even was in all like, like, even outside the base of Mikdash. It was done. It was done when with, together with the twenty four brachot. So according to the Gemara, what's being sort of critiqued here is not the Tkiot and the Truot, but not answering Amen and maybe doing the Misha Anas outside of the context of the Bracha. But, but Gemara does not feel that what is being contested here is the blowings, it's the key and the trua, it's the not answering Amen and maybe doing it outside of the Bracha. It's possible to read this Mishnah very differently. I would say the Mishnah has not mentioned that you blow the shofar. A very, a very legitimate read of this Mishnah is, is that the issue at stake is blowing the shofar or blowing the chatzah's throat and whether you would do that outside of the Beit HaMikdash. We'll see more of that in the Gemara. Okay. Ubahar, um, now. Now notice, by the way, how this mission is structured. We've raised the issue of the Beit HaMikdash. We ended the Tfilot with Shlomo B'Yerushalayim. So the, so the Mikdash connection is there. As you mentioned, you know, there was also Shir HaMa'alot, these Prachim uh, and And now we're going to talk about how this would be participated, those in Yerushalayim, and when they're, you know, in the Beit HaMikdash, would be connecting to the fast and participating in the fast to the degree that it made sense. So again, this connection to the Mikdash is a dominant theme. So in the first three, the, pe- the Kohanim that would serve that week would fast, but they would not complete the fast, and because, you know, they might be needed to help out with the Avodah, and the people that were working that day, Anche Beit Av, would not fast at all. They got, they got to work that day. But there would be still some degree of connecting to the fasting. Shlosh Shniot in the second group of the three fasts, um, which are more weighty and things are more serious. It all goes up one level. So the people who are not who are on, on call that week but not working that day would fast for the full fast, and the people that are working that day would fast, but they would break it sometime in the afternoon when they really needed a, you know their strength. Sheva Achronot, the last seven, then everybody would fast. That is the huge communal sort of tragedy. Even the Kohanim and the Beis HaMikdash have to be fasting. By the way, interesting to think that the Aron gets the ashes and when you're doing this, and the Gemara says you're doing this only in the last seven. And in the Mikdash, the Kohanim, who are also seen as clay Kodesh, and they're inside the Mikdash, are fasting in the last seven as well. So sort of bringing our connection to the Mikdash, but also that sense of maybe God is also, you know, uh, um, experiencing this distance as well. So even in the Mikdash, the fasting is taking place. Uh, not only out of the structure, the first three are Monday, Thursday, Monday, the second is Monday. We'll get to that. Monday, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. That's okay. coming up. Okay. Dima Rebbe Yoshua. That's what Rebbe Yoshua says. The says the basic same idea, except one degree, one notch down, one notch less severe. The first three not done at all in the base of Mikdash. The next three, um, the people in the Mishmar would, fa- would, would, would fast but not a full fast, and the people that were on duty that day would not fast at all. And that those that were on call for the week would fast to a full fast. And the people of the Beit Av, they had to work. So even on the last seven, you know, they're working in the Mikdash. They're trying to help with this whole idea of, you know, serving God and connecting to God in God's house. So they would not, even at the last seven, they would not complete the fast. Okay, so that's 
that's the issue of fasting. I think what I'm going to do now is we'll stop now because the next part of the Mishnah really goes on to a very different theme. It seems only loosely connected. We'll talk about what we'll talk about that tomorrow. So already we've we didn't take us long to fall back behind. But anyway, um, but in terms of being mishtatef b'tzara, let us uh, again uh, say say the tefillah for those that are um, um, for, for the for the young boys for the young men that are uh, in captivity or. Um, <laughs> Anarachum Rachanun Shomer Yisrael Ashelenu Velayishan Totsiyem Mitzra Liyavracha Meyatelu Lerami Shibud Geula Zaktivim Vechek Avotehem Vimotehem Vivriyut Veshalom Vizchut Avotehem Shoshia Banenu Vikriyem Behem Ashakatuv Hosiyah Mimasker Nafshi Lotot Hashtab Agalavis Man Kariv Amen Did you get that